Well, good morning, LVC. My name is Jeremy, and I serve as one of the pastors here in LVC. And welcome to the Cook Family Garden, where in this unprecedented time in our world, we're coming together as a panel. I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves. But we're doing something new. This is uncharted territory, where we're going to do our best to share with you from God's Word, share some practical advice and public health information. Uh, but we're hoping that this sharing this morning can reach across the video and connect with you, whether you're watching this in a home group or with your nuclear family at home or just by yourself in front of your phone. Uh, we're really hoping to connect with you as a church family and encourage you this morning. So again, I'm Jeremy, serve as pastor of LVC, and go around and have everybody introduce themselves quickly before we get started. Good morning, LBC. I'm Isabella Oluko, and I serve as children and family pastor at LBC. Hi, LBC. My name is Whitney Fry. I'm a former elder of LBC, and I'm going to be here speaking about the public health implications of the coronavirus. Good morning, LBC. I'm Joshua Yogi. Uh, I serve as a youth and family pastor, and it's a great privilege to share this moment with us uh, and encourage one another through God's word. Well, welcome again, LBC. We're doing this um, in the garden. I think all four of us panelists who are doing this presentation this morning feel, I think, even more nervous doing this in front of the camera than we do standing in front of 300 people. This is definitely uncharted territory for all of us. But, of course, if you're watching this, you, of course, know by now that we've suspended our Sunday gatherings for the next two weeks. And then we're just going to see... Where things go from there, we're going to pay attention to what the government is saying. But we're all in this together, and so we're hoping that as we share this morning, that this will, again will reach across the video and connect with you. We hope it encourages you. But LVC, it's amazing as we come into this week, what I had been preparing to, to preach on as we were gathering this morning as a church, is in God's providence this amazing passage from Luke chapter 7 that is incredibly incredibly relevant to what we're facing as a city, as a nation, and indeed the entire globe. And so I want you to watch along um, as we're going to put up on the screen Luke chapter 7. And so just follow along as I read this amazing passage and then share some reflections on it. So this is from Luke chapter 7, verse 36, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. 
You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So, sisters and brothers, our world has changed this week in so many ways and made us all more aware of our own personal hygiene. Even here, we've, been, we've done our, uh, our waves, our, our Wakanda greetings. We have not touched each other. We've been using hand sanitizer, being aware of if we're touching our face or if someone has a slight cough. So we all have, have just become much more aware, maybe even at times paranoid especially in how we touch people and we're we're creatures that are made for embrace so the fact that we can't even shake hands right now is really really difficult one thing i would want to say that's not necessarily related to the passage although i think you're going to see how it's relevant in a bit but one of the phrases i've heard that i think can help guide us as believers in jesus in this time is the the phrase pray and wash pray and wash on the pray side we're indeed asking God we're crying out to God we're praying to him to intervene in this situation to believe that yes our God is working behind the scenes that we can trust him to act that he is sovereign but even while we pray and trust God we can wash meaning of course we we wash our hands we keep the social distancing that public health officials are saying is wise. We can do our part to look out for the common good and to care for others. And the fact that we do that wash part does not diminish our trust in God and the fact that we're going to continue to pray. So for example, even in the life of our Lord, there were times while he was on his mission where he intentionally, deliberately avoided danger. Because he knew what his mission was. And ultimately he knew he was going to the cross. But there were times early on, times in his life, where he avoided danger. And then we know the Apostle Paul. Uh, He eventually was killed for his faith. But there were times in his ministry where he avoided danger himself. He was let down in a basket over a city wall to avoid danger. So we just want to be careful about the messages that are out there right now in social media, on YouTube, where prosperity gospel teachers and others are really giving a lot of false messages. And so we don't want you to feel like you lack faith or you are inferior spiritually if you're doing all these necessary wise precautions because we can do both pray and wash. When it comes to this issue of personal hygiene and just the idea of infection and disease and contamination, this is all on our minds. And as we think about this passage, 
I wonder if we think about sin in the same way. Do we think about sin like some kind of infection, some kind of contamination, which then perhaps makes us avoid certain people? Well, that's how Simon, this Pharisee, in the story thought about sin. So the Pharisees were these very serious people, really dedicated to God's glory and His holiness, and they were serious about sin. But they had gotten so consumed by their good deeds before God and their holiness compared to other people that they even created all these extra rules, like creating a fence around God's moral law just so that they wouldn't violate God's moral law. And it meant that they would also keep other people out. Well, Simon thought about sin as some kind of infection. And so that's why he was so scandalized by this unnamed woman even touching Jesus. You see there in the story, he's thinking to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. This woman is a sinner. Well, Simon's problem and the Pharisee's problem and the problem of so many religious people, Sam Albury describes their problem like this, that they, and we have to consider maybe we, can tend to think of sin as something out there to be avoided, instead of something in here, in the heart, to be confessed. So, sisters and brothers, Jesus makes it clear that this bold and courageous woman lavished great love upon him, upon Jesus, because she had experienced great forgiveness. The Lord had apparently been working on her heart in unseen ways. One of the songs that we were going to sing this morning as a congregation is the song Waymaker that has become really special and powerful for us as a congregation, like so many around the world. And it's a song that is birthed on this continent. I was just reflecting how on this week it was written by a Nigerian woman. And of course, the first case of coronavirus on this continent um, was in Nigeria. But this woman, Nigerian woman named Sinach, wrote this song. And it's become a powerful song around the world. And one of the things I love about this song is in the bridge where it says, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Right now, we're all thinking about how this virus is working in unseen ways, and it brings fear. It's one of the things about a virus, any kind of virus, that brings fear is that it's we can't we can't see it. But that's not the only reality. We have a God who is always working in unseen ways. He's always working behind the scenes. He is always always working. And church, He will get glory from this. We will see redemption from this. We will see light from this situation. We will see light in these dark times. I love how this passage ends. After telling her that her sins had been forgiven, and the guests even questioned Jesus' identity. Who, who is this who can forgive sins? He tells her how her faith has saved her because she's put her faith in him and she demonstrate this demonstrates it by this lavish act of worship well he then tells her go in peace she is not ultimately contaminated 
she is not infected in the same way that she used to be in her heart. Her heart is now free. She's been welcomed into the presence of a holy God. She now has peace. To LVC, the greatest fear a human being can have is to be a sinner in the presence of a holy creator God. And yet Jesus has destroyed that fear. He has brought us close. We are no longer slaves to fear because we are children of God. So if our greatest possible fear is gone, then what do we really have to fear? We can go and we can keep going in peace. So at this time I'm going to turn it over to Isabella. Hi parents. Uh, Our children can see and hear what's going on. They can feel the anxiety and fear that's swelling around them. So don't avoid talking about coronavirus with them. Don't try to keep this a secret from them. Your children trust you, so you need to be honest with them. Um, So share with them information from reliable sources and talk about ways how each of you can help to keep safe. But more than that, use this crucial opportunity to help them understand God's good and sovereign rule even in the midst of calamities and suffering, and that such calamities affect even God's children. Use this time to remember together that Jesus is bigger than coronavirus, and because he defeated sin and death by dying on the cross, one day we will go to heaven, that's our true home, and there will be no more viruses, no more sickness, no more death. So pray together for those people who are suffering from the virus, Pray together for those people who are suffering as a result of the virus and memorize scripture together. Some good verses to memorize during these days are Philippians 4, 6 for the younger ones and 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 for the older ones. And I'm going to share some hand motions for Philippians 4, 6. Very easy. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Do not worry about anything but pray about everything with thanksgiving easy right so we have shared with you some more resources on email check them out and please reach out to us if you need any help we are praying for you hey again lvc so in addition to sharing some encouragements from god's word with you this morning we also want to share some practical advice and encouragements regarding public health so You've already heard from Whitney, she's introduced herself, but I want to say a bit more about why she's here. So to to help us, because us as pastors are not trained in public health, we've just been learning the same things you have been through the the media. But Whitney has been working in public health for 15 years on three continents and at least 10 countries. She has a doctorate in public health with a focus in complex emergencies. And so we're really grateful that she has joined us this morning to share a bit more with you about the practical health side of things. Good morning, LBC. It's a pleasure to be here this morning to share with you a little bit about uh, COVID-19. I know that many of you have heard information from social media, from other media sources, from podcasts, uh, from uh, other sources on the internet. And I just wanted to come before you today and share what we know as of today. Um, The point of us being here together is to really 
put us at ease as much as possible and to remind us what actions we can take and how we can act with wisdom and clarity in a time that is maybe a bit scary to many of us and unprecedented in a lot of ways. Um, but it's not a time to panic. And it's really important to remember that um, we have things that we've learned over the years of uh, different epidemics and even pandemics that we can apply today and that each of us, even as non-public um, health professionals, can apply to our lives. So I'll just speak for a brief bit about uh, what's going on. And um, some of this you might already know, but uh, some of it might be new to you. So first of all, I just want to share about what is COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 is actually the infectious disease that's caused by this new coronavirus. So um, the new coronavirus was discovered in Wuhan, China. Many of you have heard of this new place um, in late December um, with presenting pneumonia cases, but actually uh, became a spillover effect. We understood this virus a little bit more in early January um, to be a new coronavirus. So to liken this to another virus that we might be more familiar with, HIV is a virus that causes AIDS. In a similar form, coronavirus, this new coronavirus that's been discovered, causes COVID-19. So we talk about COVID-19 as the actual disease. Um, in March, uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, declared COVID-19 a pandemic. And what does that mean? That just means that it's a global spread. It's at a global reach now. So for a while, it was an outbreak in a small localized place. Uh, then it reached, um, it became an epidemic where it was spreading rapidly in that place and in other places. But now uh, it's official that it's um, reaching global proportions. That's the pandemic that we keep hearing about. Uh, and of course, as we all know, uh, just a couple of days ago on 13th March, we had our first case confirmed here in Nairobi in Kenya. And um, something else that you might have heard, and it's true, there's no vaccine, there's no treatment at this time, but there is a lot of hands working behind the scenes. There are a lot of hands working behind the scenes to try to figure something out. Uh, we're trying to look uh, into how we can apply other treatments and drugs from other um, diseases, if, if any of those could work. Uh, there are also experts working on vaccines. Those do take time, though. So in the meantime, it's important for us to take those precautions that we can to prevent the spread of the disease as much as possible and to self-treat uh, within our homes and potentially seek medical care. So I want to move on from what is COVID-19 to how do we get it and what are the symptoms? So what does transmission look like? At the moment, uh, what we know is that transmission is from droplets and from environmental contact. So droplets is sneezing, coughing, um, um, runny noses, and that fluid making contact with others, or environmental contact being frequently touched surfaces, um, hands, and so forth. The incubation period, which is basically how long it takes for the virus to exhibit symptoms, is usually around five to six days. That's what we're seeing, um, but can take as long as 14 days. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about that 14 day period and what that means for us um, in a little bit. But um, symptoms, as you can see in the slides, I'm not going to read them all. They're, they're posted here beside me, um, but it's important to remember that those symptoms and most of us will be mild, if any. Um, for children and young adults and healthy adult populations, these symptoms will either not uh, exhibit at all or they will be very mild. What we are seeing is that there's a gradual onset of those symptoms. 
those um, who become more ill are usually those who have higher risk factors for, um, they have other medical complications. So maybe they have high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, um, diabetes, or other immune compromising um, uh, complications. And the elderly. So we're hearing a lot about the elderly and how they are highly affected by this virus. But the majority of us will not be seriously, will not become seriously ill if we contract um, the virus. Most people recover. And I think that's the big takeaway from this is that um, we're hearing about people dying, but that's really not the majority of the people who acquire this uh, disease. Um, so as we think about symptoms, and if you are watching this and you might have symptoms and you're concerned or you know someone who might be um, ill, what can we do? What we know now in Kenya is that there are tests um, for the coronavirus, um, but they're limited. So we are hoping to acquire more test kits in April as uh, a nation that the Ministry of Health is working to acquire more of those. But because those test kits are limited, it's important for us to self-monitor and self-treat um, in our homes as much as possible. Self-isolate to protect others. What does that mean? If you have symptoms, it's important for you to separate yourself from the greater population. So when we're talking about reducing the spread of um, an infection or a disease, that is really for the common good. It's for us to protect the social well-being of those around us. So how can we contain what we have? Isolation is for those who have symptoms. You might have also heard in the news um, Quarantine, isolation, what do these words mean? Isolation is when you're sick. Quarantining is when you're well. So you will quarantine if you maybe have been exposed to a virus. You will say, I'm not sure if I'm going to um, exhibit symptoms later on. So to protect the common good and the greater public, I'm going to quarantine myself. Or maybe that's decided for you by, um, by others. Um, but self-isolation happens when you are feeling ill and you want to protect others from getting sick as well. Um, if you are in that risk group uh, that we talked about earlier and you are having symptoms, that's when you might want to seek medical attention, is if you have a high fever, if you are of older age or you have other medical complications. And um, the Ministry of Health is, doing, is taking great steps. Their response to this here um, in Kenya has been great, and we've been extremely impressed with that. So even though the test kits are limited, they exist, and um, and so if you do need that care, do seek it out, and uh, the health system is doing its best to respond. And I want to just reemphasize that the vast majority, 80 to 90, 97%, what we're seeing in the numbers, do recover. So... Um, but it's even more important that we don't expose those vulnerable populations who would have a greater risk um, of, of serious illness. Okay, now how do we prevent it? So let's hope that you're watching this and you don't have symptoms and you don't want to get them. Um, it's, there's a lot of steps that we can take, practical steps, to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And so this, this slide is incredibly important. Um, we want to avoid contact with anyone showing symptoms. So if you're in a room with someone coughing or sneezing, just quietly remove yourself from that space. Um, wash your hands as much as possible. This is something we've heard again and again. Jeremy mentioned it earlier as well. 
Uh, soap and water will be your best friend for the next little while. Uh, it should be anyway. Um, and uh, hand sanitizer is also great. Uh, wash frequently touched surfaces. So think about those places in your home that lots of people are resting on or working on or touching. Um, door handles, all those things that potential spread of droplets, as we talked about environmental contact, those places that could carry the virus because it does survive. It's actually unknown how long the virus survives, but I've heard anywhere from up to three days. So be sure that you um, sanitize those surfaces. Avoid touching your face with your hands. We kind of get in these weird habits of touching ourselves on our faces, and um, it's important just to kind of keep your hands down and um, make sure they're clean, but also just try to avoid those open spaces in your face where uh, the virus could enter in and um, contaminate. Jeremy mentioned greetings. We want to um, try to change our behavior patterns in this time uh, from shaking hands and hugging, which is so common and normal, to other ways of greeting. Uh, there are various ways we can show uh, gratitude for seeing others in our midst, and so we need to be creative about doing that. Keeping a two-meter distance. Um, we know that when we sneeze or cough, those droplets can move up to two meters. So it's just a safe distance. It is a far distance, but um, that's the best advice that we have been given. Um, if you are coughing and sneezing, do so in a tissue or a cloth or in your elbow. And if you are one of those people, please don't be out and about to save all of us from potential contamination. Social distancing. So this is kind of saying that. We've heard this term a lot lately. Uh, this is basically having wisdom about those decisions that we make and how frequent and how many people we spend time with. So that's why we're all here today and not at church, is trying to be wise about um, how many people were around uh, the disease will spread in those large group settings. So can we be a little bit more mindful about those decisions we make regarding gatherings and um, events that we may or may not need to attend in this brief period of time? This will pass at some point, we pray soon. And um, for the short period of time, we can all um, just become more acquainted with our families and uh, intimate circles. Um, and finally, uh, we talked about quarantine earlier, self-quarantine, if you've traveled internationally for the, in the last 14 days. This is really important. Um, we know that the pandemic has become, a, this, the spread of this disease has become a pandemic because of international travel. We live in a globalized world, and that's really exciting, and so many of us at LVC um, frequent airports and airplanes, and it's important for us to be responsible with that exposure that we may have had. So if you have been at an airport at all in the last 14 days, we really want to encourage you to self-quarantine. So that means stay at home, um, stay away from the general public as much as possible so that you can protect others. Um, and of course, if you're displaying symptoms, you can um, self-isolate. I want to make one quick comment about face masks. I think that there's been a bit of a panic around shopping and buying face masks. The evidence actually shows that face masks, face masks uh, have a really strong impact of preventing the spread of disease if you are ill. If I have symptoms and I'm wearing a face mask, I'm protecting other people in my midst. There's really no evidence to show that face masks prevent me from getting it 
from the general public. In fact, they become a little bit more of a breeding ground for other things. So there's really no need to panic and go out and buy a bunch of face masks unless you are exhibiting symptoms. So that's just a word about face masks. The last um, little bit I want to share with all of us today is some resources where we can go for more information uh, and some tips and organizations that are out there that are really there to serve us. So of course, first being the Kenya Ministry of Health, they are updating a lot on their website. They have um, uh, updated regularly Twitter handles that are up here. Uh, the Kenya Public Health Operations Center has been set up. This is a call center that uh, the ministry has set up. If you dial 719, you can receive audio messages or star 719 hash for SMS. The Ministry of Health websites in other countries. So there have been other countries that have actually responded very effectively, and I think that there might be things we can learn from them. So those being South Korea, Canada, and Germany, just Google those Ministry of Health websites and tinker around and see if there's anything there that we can learn from. Um, of course, the World Health Organization, uh, WHO, they are a great portal, central hub for um, the spread of the disease, um, learning, uh, videos, there's so much. It's rich with information. That's your one-stop shop for where to go for information. And lastly, I want to mention Thrive Worldwide. They're an organization here locally that exists to serve, um, serve us in the community uh, around staff and health, of the well-being of us at large. They offer psychological services, health services. They, they're doing telemedicine at the minute. So if you're self-isolating or self-quarantining and you just want to talk to someone on the phone or you're stressing out or panicking and really just want someone on the other end uh, to help with your own uh, psychosocial well-being, Thrive is local and they hear ex they're existing here for us. And there's a lot of resources on their website too um, if you just want to read up more on, on what they do. Um, some other things to remember um, is... As I mentioned at the beginning, this is uh, a time when a lot of us are, are maybe panicking, or maybe on the flip side, we're very laissez-faire about it, and we think that it's not going to come to us. There's a happy medium in there, and we all have a responsibility and need to be wise, and we can all do something to protect ourselves. Um, but I want to stress that this is really about protecting the common good. And there are vulnerable populations among us that will struggle intensely if this virus reaches those communities. And I just want to remind us to be generous in this time. Rather than going to the grocery store and buying out all of the toilet paper or sand sanitizer, remember that there are other people in the community that, um, that are also really wanting to protect themselves and to protect their communities and families. And so how we can really join together and collectively walk through this uh, with, um, with wisdom and discernment and with hope. So um, thanks so much, and um, we hope to see everybody in person soon. On Friday, we were having a conversation in the Youth Alpha about the effects of sin. And I think when we hear of such conversations uh, or such things like coronavirus or many other devastating news in this world, we are constantly reminded of the effects or the gravitas of the effects of sin in the world. But I think we should also be reminded about the greatness of Christ's finished work on the cross. Um, in Romans, for example, chapter 8 from verse 18 to 24, 
Paul reminds the believers there, you know, that uh, the sufferings of this present time are incomparable with the revealed glory, the glory which is going to be revealed to us. And so suffering and glory are kind of married to each other. And it's like buy one, get one free, all right? Um, and so for us as believers then, we need to understand even in such times of suffering, that when we share in, in, in the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ, or whatever is happening in this world, we also share in his glory. And so one quote maybe to just um, encourage us and remind us is from John Stott, who says, the magnificence of God's revealed glory uh, greatly surpasses the unpleasantness of our sufferings today. And so even as we reflect on this um, corona issue, let's be reminded of what Christ did for us on the cross. And so let's not be um, autonomous about it. Let's not depend on ourselves. But I think it's a time for us to lean on God and depend on God because our God is infallible, sovereign, absolute, and his will we know is perfect for us. And so in Romans 8, uh, 28, it says, All things work out together for good, uh, for those who have been called according to his purpose, for those who he loved and he has called them according, in accordance to his purpose. And I think that is a great encouragement for us youths, even at this particular time, not only youths, but also elders as well, uh, for us to focus on God and for us to lean on him. Uh, yesterday I, had, I was hanging out with a few friends in a restaurant, and um, one question kept popping up. Have you washed your hands or have you sanitized your hands? Um, but I think the big question is, have you been washed by the blood? You know, and uh, even as we think about this, let's remember that you know, Christ came and died for the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, so that uh, in him, when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then just like what Jeremy said, that we can live without fear, okay? That even as we are cautious and taking steps to just um, contain this particular issue, that we can always depend on God for, uh, we can always depend on God to sort us out or to protect us from this um, pandemic. And so, brothers and sisters, please let's be encouraged, let's not live in fear, but let's be encouraged by, through the word of God even at such times. Uh, but please, if you um, need any more answers, please reach out to us. If you remember Belfast, please reach out to us at uh, office at lovingtonvineyard.org. We'll be more than willing to answer your questions and just get to know how you're doing. Thank you. But allow us to um, close with a word of prayer. So I'm going to pray through Psalm 93, so kindly pray with us. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the word is, is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne, Lord, is, is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring, mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. You are mighty, O God. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house. O Lord, forever more holiness adorns your house for endless days. Our God, we are grateful that you are an all-powerful, all-knowing, sovereign, infallible, and changing God. Thank you for such opportunities to hear your word and be encouraged by it. Please, Lord, give us strength and the confidence to trust in your steadfast word, in our fears, fragility, and feebleness, help us to trust in you. 
give us the courage, Lord, to pray for others and wisdom to deal with this issue as a church. Give us comfort, O oh Lord, or give comfort to people who have been affected and who have lost their family members because of this virus. Give them peace, O oh God, in this turmoil. Give guidance to the government on how to deal with this issue as they try to contain it. O oh Lord, we pray for safety for our congregants and peace in such times. Lord, we pray shield us from the temptations of the enemy, who we want to instill fear in us. Help us to stand firm in your word and give us opportunities to share the gospel and comfort people who have been affected and they're going through any kind of suffering. Oh Lord, please sustain us and sustain them even in such times. In Jesus' name we pray.